So I am hard on the church, the American church especially. And so sometimes people take their own insecurities and kind of filter my messages as a personal attack. So there's been some talks uh, with friends of mine, um, but I just remember and remind myself constantly that I'm here to serve God, not man. And, you know, Jesus couldn't please everybody, (laughs) neither can I. So I'm just going to move forward with, you know, as he leads and stand up truth. And, um, you know, there's a great book. You may have read it, Live Not by Lies by Rod Dreher. Um, It's an, you've got to read it. It's so good. And basically the premise of that book is about uh, going through history and the people that lived under totalitarian regimes in Europe and Russia and so on, and how small groups of people of faith refuse to live by lies you know, and the lie of communism, the lie of, you know, uh, 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 fascism and such. And in doing that, when you put a firm foot in the ground, you know, that's going to convict people who are not. So, you know, I'm sure that sometimes my messages can be a little more gentle, but that's just not, I am gentle and people that actually know me well know that I am, (laughs) but I do have strong words. And so I understand how some people that are more sensitive can take things the wrong way, but I just, I'm trying to be genuine and, and stick to that uh, mantra of live not by lies. So when I see something that's wrong, I'm going to speak out. And unfortunately, because we live in a world that's so wrong all the time, everywhere, I do a lot of speaking out. (laughs) So I definitely am the squeaky wheel in my network of friends. What is going on, America? Welcome back to another episode of the Flex Your Freedom podcast. You guys know how the grocery and liquor stores are mobbed right before a storm, right? And who will ever forget how toilet paper became the world's most sought after and poorly stocked commodity back in 2020. Not to mention occasional gas shortages, skyrocketing inflation right now, and the instability sweeping our country as a whole. Now we have a president actually warning us about possible pending food shortages. Well, we're pretty sure that the celebrities, politicians, and the ultra-wealthy probably won't be feeling the impact of any food shortages or gas prices or inflation, but you don't have to be a woke celebrity or powerful politician to actually be prepared for all of this or any disasters that might come down the pike. Today's guest has built a huge and dedicated following sharing her insight and how to understand and adapt to the ever-changing climate that's happening on a daily basis right here in America. Katie Bertino is known as the Good Patriot across her social media platforms. She offers down-to-earth lessons, knowledge, and commentary on everything from how to prepare for everything from a food crisis, natural disaster, or political unrest. In this episode of Flex Your Freedom, Katie shares the ups and downs of her work, the core focus of her message, and valuable information on how to navigate today's world. So without further ado, here is Barbara Allen with The Good Patriot. Hey, I'm Barb Allen, and it's a great day to flex your freedom, which is something that most of us took for granted or take for granted or have taken for granted once upon a time in our lives. And I am absolutely one of those people You know, before my husband served in the military and then died in Iraq, I never really 
contemplated a world without freedom to move about and do as we want or what it costs to maintain that freedom, right? So for some of us, freedom, our wake-up call was two plus years ago when freedom vanished overnight and then systematically, incrementally over the past two years. But then there's others who seem to sort of gleefully surrender it and hand it over on a silver platter like they've been waiting all their lives to hand this over and are happy to be unburdened of all that freedom. And in the middle somewhere are people just trying to make sense of it all, which can seem hard to do because there's so many hands of this machine that is unquestionably dismantling everything our country was built on. And it can be overwhelming to try to figure it out, let alone know how to respond to it or prepare for it. But today's guest has made it her mission to help us all do just that. She offers small, digestible nuggets of solution-based content that we can all kind of get behind and help us break the sound and wrap our minds around and feel a little less helpless about everything that's happening in this world today. She's known as Good Patriot, and I am super excited to be sitting down with her today. Katie, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Barb. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, so tell me, we're going to walk through a little bit first because I was just telling you before we started this that a lot of people in our community who may not have come across you before, um, even though you have a huge following, considering the content you're putting out that you've managed to run the gauntlets and maintain all those subscribers and following is quite the accomplishment. Yeah. Right. Um, But the people that I have connected to your stuff and are like, oh my God, why have I not known her before? She's amazing. She's brilliant. And they just really have the same appreciation for what you're doing uh, that, that I do. But how did you get started doing it? Like what prompted you to, to say, Hey, I think I'm going to go put myself out there and do this? Um, Well, doing videos was never a plan or anything. I guess what ignited the, you know, the brush fire of freedom (laughs) in me was that I'm from California originally. So, um, you know, I'm in New York, so I feel your pain. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, before we moved to Texas, I was in a lady shooting league and um, was just, because I was getting more into guns and the second amendment and everything. I was more aware of the laws that they're passing in California. I was also, uh, I've always been, I don't want to say anti-vax, but anti 99% of vaccines. Um, and they were passing laws that all the kids going to public school had to have mandatory vaccinations. So we were, we left California, you know, not only because it was just insanely expensive and, and getting crazy, but also because of these laws that were, you know, being passed. So I had no idea what was coming, Um, moved out here to Texas, you know, and unfortunately we're kind of starting to see Texas turn purple. Um, But so I had a basic knowledge of what government could be doing to infringe on our freedoms. Um, We have always kind of been down the rabbit hole Uh, my husband and I since we've been married we didn't have tv so we watched a ton of documentaries and youtube videos and listened to radio shows and all this stuff so uh we were kind of well versed in some other things going on and um basically the videos just came about I was making funny gun videos trying to keep up with the boys in the second amendment arena and um stuff started changing And one day I did a kind of a monologue commentary on something regarding freedom and people really responded to it. And that kind of 
I didn't keep doing it because people's response. It was just something, you know, you, you keep seeing all these things happening. And so I just did more and more and now it's evolved and now I'm talking about everything. So <laughs> that's kind of basically how it all started. It wasn't planned at all, which is just the funny thing. I never thought I'd be doing this at, at all. No, but sometimes I think the most intense or well-lived lives are the ones that we just say, oh, I didn't really see this plot twist coming, but I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm going to write it out anyway. Right. Because, yes. yeah. you know, what's the point? And I saw that when I scrolled all the way back through your Instagram, I saw that you started a bunch of years ago, you know, posting about the rustic um, <laughs> art that you guys do, which I think is pretty cool, you know, and basic, yeah. like all Americana stuff. Right. So you could tell right. like that theme was always in you. And then, mm-hmm. you know, eventually you just kind of said, oh no, you know, um, this is what I'm doing now. And, and, yeah. and then you just kind of went with it. Right. It looked like a couple yeah. posts, you kind of put your foot in the water there and then you're like, Oh no, I'm in, I'm in like, I'm all in now. <laughs> so Yeah. So I know like, that um, was the, that was the very, very, very beginning of good Patriot yeah. was selling like vintage and rustic wall decor and, and home items, <laughs> believe it or not, it was a long time ago, but yeah, but no, it's, it everything's an evolution, right? And that's something yeah. that you do and you love. And then you, you just, that's a cool thing. And I think even I talked to our kids who were college age when they were heading off. I'm like, look, if this isn't your path, your path, you have to start and then see where it leads you, right? But you're never going to know where your calling is if you don't start down that path, right? So right. that's what yeah. I've, I've been down five billion paths and mm-hmm. <laughs> still keep turning. Yeah. Um, yeah. So did you, when you switched your, your focus a little bit and then started going deeper in, did that have any effect or impact on relationships in your world? Oh, wow. Um, not, in, not immediately, not for a few years. Um, you know, because it was primarily second amendment stuff for probably two years. And then, um, you know, I have a, a big network of very like-minded friends, which is a huge blessing. But as things have gotten more and more serious, especially in regards to prepping and, um, you know, I'm Christian, so I talk a lot about faith. I'm very hard on myself and I have high expectations of myself and others. And so I have recently (laughs) had some confrontations. I'll give you one example. Um, Last September, my small town in Texas, you know, you think you're safe from these things, had their third annual gay pride parade. Um, And I tried to rally the Christians in my town to show up for God and to share the love of Christ with these people. And it was just the most dramatic thing ever. And all the pushback that I received from people were from Christians. So that was pretty I won't say shocking, but I guess I expected more of the people around me to understand like the situation. And 70% of the people that were at that gay pride parade were under 18. They were all kids running around saying, I'm a lesbian and not, you know, like, because these kids are searching for something to satisfy their souls and the LGBTQ community has done a much better job doing that than the church. So I am hard on the church, the American church, especially. And so sometimes people take their own insecurities and kind of filter my messages as a personal attack. So there's been some talks uh, with friends of mine um, 
but I just remember and remind myself constantly that I'm here to serve God, not man. And, you know, Jesus couldn't please everybody. (laughs) Neither can I. So I'm just going to move forward with, you know, as he leads and stand up truth. And, um, you know, there's a great book. You may have read it, Live Not by Lies by Rod Dreher. Um, It's an, you've got to read it. It's so good. And basically the premise of that book is about uh, going through history and the people that lived under totalitarian regimes in Europe and Russia and so on, and how small groups of people of faith refuse to live by lies, you know, and the lie of communism, the lie of, you know, uh, 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 fascism and such. And in doing that, when you put a firm foot in the ground, you know, that's going to convict people who are not. So, you know, I'm sure that sometimes my messages can be a little more gentle, but that's just not I am gentle and people that actually know me well know that I am, (laughs) but I do have strong words. And so I understand how some people that are more sensitive can take things the wrong way, but I just, I'm trying to be genuine and, and stick to that uh, mantra of live not by lies. So when I see something that's wrong, I'm going to speak out. And unfortunately, because we live in a world that's so wrong all the time, everywhere, I do a lot of speaking out. <laughs> so I yeah. definitely am the squeaky wheel in my network of friends. And I'm sure that's a little burdensome to some, but you know what? Oh, well. Yeah. And part of that, I mean, you got to, you got to do you right. And I'm sure, and I think for me anyway, this is where I've received a lot of pushback when I, when I speak out as well. Cause I think I've seen a lot of your content. I think you're nicer than I am really. I'm like, Oh, wow. That Mm -hmm. was like really restrained. Cause I just straight up there. I don't have like the purest mouth. Let's just say I have a fairly pure heart, but my mouth, not so great. Right. Yeah. Um, I've been working on mine. (laughs) So I do that. But I think um, a lot of the pushback, for instance, that I get is when people confuse me addressing an issue or questioning an issue with condemning them as a human being. Right. And so I'm like, there's, no, it's two separate things. Like I'm right. I'm speaking out on this issue. I don't understand. I want to open this debate or dialogue on this issue. But immediately what I get back is what a piece of human filth I am and all this stuff because I'm saying this and and judging people yeah. when when you really look at the content or pay attention to it, there's no judgment um, except for right. the action, right? Not the human being. But yeah, it's right. hard for people right. to separate the two. Um, it is. And that's, you know what? you if they give you an opportunity to explain yourself you take it and do the best you can but that's on them to work yeah. it out you know yeah there's only so much time and energy to be spent down the road and, I, and you've pointed that out too you know that you're not going to appeal to everybody but you have to let those go because you want to pay attention to the people that are connecting with your message which we all do right, right? everybody does everybody pays attention to people that connect with whatever their message is. Like that's just who we are as human beings. And so um, just a waste of time and and energy and angst to push it any further, I think anyway, but I think you do a banging job of being, being um, polite and about it every now and then you're like, yeah, you'll say something. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. But, and I get it, but that's just how I am too. I don't like, like the, come on now you got this, we can do it. Oh my God. That's, No, I I do like to dig a little bit, you know, because sometimes people need a little push and not 
Not a violent push or a violent slap like Will Smith right. or whatever that stupid <laughs> scene was. But, you know, just, you know, sometimes they bark initially, you know, and push back because it stings a little bit. But, yeah. you know, those are the times where I think they go home and they start thinking about it. And if the person's emotionally mature enough to right. <clears throat> evaluate their own thoughts and why they believe what they believe and so, so on, I think it has a good, a good outcome. Yeah. So let's get into a lot of the stuff that you speak about now is, is focus or, or talks about prepping and how to, mm-hmm. how to be prepared. And I remember back in my day, growing up I th- what, on the discovery channel or whatever, like we would watch this series on preppers and they were like the freaks. Like we were like, Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, this person. And we'd see these people, you know, I'm preparing and they would talk about what they're preparing for. Right. They talk about, right. Oh, I'm preparing for a comet to hit. I'm preparing for a massive illness or plague to sweep the earth. Mm-hmm. And we were raised in a way I was raised um, in a way <clears throat> to think that these people are crazy. Um, and to kind of poke fun at that, like, oh, my, these people are crazy. Look at these preppers, you know, and they'd go. And I mean, there's extremes on all any community you that exists has has its extremes. Right. So people right. that are a little much. But these were just everyday people who had jobs in town. Most of them, you know, who had jobs in life and had bought property somewhere else and mm-hmm. had this place to go do and prepared it. And I remember what a joke we all thought that was growing yep. up. And yep. Now I'm like, whew, bet you those people are laughing at like the jokes on us now, right? Yes. They're like, my time has finally come. <laughs> yes, I am vindicated, right? <laughs> They're the yeah. ants and I've been the grasshopper until recently. Yeah. Um, so what is, how do you define prepping? Um, I would define prepping as um, using the intel that you're getting through your eyes and ears and then filtering it through your brain and preparing for the future. Um, You know, I just released a video last night that addressed the arguments against prepping. And I think where the stigma comes from is you said uh, the extremes of, you know, this, this family or this guy spends his entire life and focus and energy on trying to avoid a nuclear fallout, you know, and that is extreme, but, there's nothing wrong with having a couple months of food and water in your house. Um, I think the prepping stuff originated with me again, cause I'm in California. We always, I grew up under the threat of the big one, the big earthquake that was going to be, you know, a 10.0 and, and this and that. And you always had to have, you know, we had backpacks in our car. We had, uh, you know, everything in the house was, you know, hunkered down more because we did, we, I, we had several big earthquakes when I was growing up and as an adult, um, and you always had to be prepared for that one disastrous one. So, um, I had a background in that. And then when you see things happening, I mean, there's, I mean, even Joe Biden admitted last week that we're going to have a food supply crisis, you know, he didn't even pretend he didn't, I know. (laughs) But when the people that are trying to deceive you are even saying this is coming down the road, I know they're blaming it on Russia now instead of their own, you know, plans, but that's probably another interview, (laughs) but, um, but, you know, the world economic forum, uh, the articles coming out about fertilizer shortages, avion Mm -hmm. flu, they're calling, you know, 
millions of chickens around our, our country. You know, I understand that if you're watching mainstream news, you're really not going to hear about these things too much. But I guess what frustrates me sometimes is when you have people in your life that are paying attention and they're trying to warn you, you know, I do have friends that they think I'm crazy and everything. They don't think things are going to ever get that bad. Um, and, you know, I addressed it in my video, but I, and also the stigma that you were speaking of, it comes from a misunderstanding of correlating people that are just trying to prepare for their family, you know, and or take care of people that can't help themselves in the days coming with people that are like obsessed with self-preservation and uh, make prepping their everything. And there's a very happy medium in there. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but, you know, we all prep in some ways. And that's where I think, too, we, we all need to. I think if the past couple of years have taught us nothing, it has it should have taught us to do a little more self-reflection and mm -hmm. and open our heads up a little because, I, you know, I'm in New York State, not the city. New York State is you know rough enough, but forget about the city. And mm -hmm. anytime there's a forecast of snow here, the right. grocery stores are mobbed, mobbed right. and like when you break it down, everybody there is prepping, right? They're, they're right. prepping in some version to be, to ride out this awful storm and make sure we got enough milk and bread and booze and toilet paper for two days, you know, of no power. So yep. I think, um, I think if people would kind of take a beat for a second and just mm -hmm. break things down into the logical nuggets which is why i love what you do so much because you'll like dial in on one thing and i saw that video you're referencing where, where you we you mm -hmm. talked about the pushback against prepping and i was glad to see that because it's one i imagine it's one of the most common walls you run up against is are those objections right so i think that's yeah. it i think people need to just kind of take a beat and realize that we all prep in some way and then yeah. once you take the stigma off of it you start to realize the logic behind it and you're like oh that makes sense and i think if mm -hmm. we all sort of did that then it would be better for everybody as a ripple effect if right. we all could drop some of that anxiety that we're carrying thinking oh my god if something happens i'm not prepared for a week or three months or six months, but did any of your yeah. friends who think you're crazy now for saying like, Hey, X, Y, and Z could happen. Did any of them or have any of them said anything about, you know, did they think that the world could be locked down for two years, you know, and before it happened, would they have said, Oh, that'll never happen. And then, you know, are they surprised that anything that's happened has happened like Canada and Australia and even here with the mandates and all that crap? I think, you know, I could put them in three groups. Yeah. You know, I've got friends that totally understand what's going on, friends that kind of do, but they don't really care because they're still just thinking it's never going to get that bad here, you know, and those that just don't even want to hear it. Um, and, you know, you, you do, you just try your best and then you just kind of have to put it to the side and not worry about it. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't like, to me, we had the initial few months of the shutdown, you know, me and a lot of my friends actually never changed our life. We continued to socialize as normal and, but they saw the empty grocery store shelves and that they couldn't get eggs for a couple of weeks and toilet paper and this and that. And, 
And then last year we had a freeze here in Texas that basically we were trapped in our house for like five days and most people didn't have electricity. It was extremely cold, um, just kind of a freak weather event. And even that, like, I kind of, it just boggles my mind sometimes is like, okay, we just went through the whole scandemic thing and then the freeze and you're still, you still don't see a need to have like, how about just a couple weeks of food? I mean, that's right. not even that much. Like, so it's, like I said, it's frustrating, but I can't, I can't lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Right. Right. So if they don't want to prep, that's fine. But, you know, as I said in my video last night, like if you think you're just going to come to my house or somebody else's house that has been, you know, financially in time wise sacrificing to do this and just, you know, because I'm a Christian, I'm going to just give you my food. Well, oh, that's fine. But that food may cost you. I mean, I'll be real with you. Like I have friends that are very wealthy who will not prep. And if they want to come to my house for food, then they can barter for it <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because I don't have that much food. I mean, honestly, right. like, it's not like I have five years of food stored up. I don't, you know, so I don't, I don't know what people are expecting of me, but I want to be I'm willing to help people that are willing or that can't help themselves that physically can't or financially can't not my friends who are beyond wealthy much more than I am and just refuse to do it because they're like, eh, that's silly or I don't want to waste my time doing that. Or I don't want to spend money on that right now because I'm saving for, um, you know, to buy a new car or something like that's right. You know, that's your choice, but choices have consequences and, I don't know. I think even as Christians, we do struggle with the idea of wanting to help, but also, you know, God is love and God is also justice. Right. <laughs> so you gotta, you gotta realize like, all right, well, yeah, I'll give you, you know, a week's worth of food, but maybe I, I'll own your car at the end. <laughs> Right. I may not charge you that much. Yes. Yes. Or all the gas in your tank goes into my tank or something like that. Right. Like there has to be. Yes. There is going to be an exchange for those that refuse to do it, even though they knew and they could do it. So I think that philosophy actually trickles out into all of life too. Right. Like you can't just walk Mm -hmm. through life expecting other people who have worked hard and achieved something while you haven't to just hand over everything they've worked for all their lives because you want it, you know, right. Unless you're AOC. Like, I mean, the, yeah, <laughs> I know, uh, you know, She's unless you're, uh, unless you're a fan of hers and then yeah. that would seem to make perfect sense. Right. So yeah. you've said in at least one of your, your posts that you did that um, to be chosen to live in this time is an honor. Can mm-hmm. you tell me, expand on that. That really, that whole one really just got me and I could see how connected you were to that one in, in particular and mm-hmm. how it just moved you to say this. And I think, um, I don't know, that's one that got me too. So can you just expand on that a little bit? When What do you mean when you say to live in this time is an honor? Sure. To be chosen to- yeah. Yeah. I mean, that the foundation of that statement is faith-based. Um, but you know, in hard times where we, sh- we find out what we're really made of, you know, what is our character and, and uh, what are our strengths. And, you know, a lot of people have gone through your lo- their lives and never truly been really tested. Um, you know, we all go through hard times, you know, the death of a loved one and, 
and a uh, loss of a job or this and that, and that's normal in life, but to be chosen to live in a time where literally the world is like crumbling <laughs> in everyone, every direction, it's very overwhelming. So, um, but when you have, and it doesn't mean that I don't have moments where I have a good cry or I, I don't really get scared, but I get like frustrated that I can't, just pursue normal dreams. You know what I mean? Like that life is probably going to be so different going forward that I may never get that dream property or I may never, you know, do this or that um, because we're going to be fighting for our lives. But if you think about it, you know, around the world, you know, as Americans, we're so, I think it's been so long. We haven't had a war on our own soil in so long. And, and, you know, as you know, you know, our soldiers go out and fight these wars, wars, but we're so removed from it. We don't realize that most of the rest of the world struggles on a daily basis just to put food on the table and they're going through these things all the time. So as Americans, I guess that post was just about an attitude shift of why is this happening to me to like, praise God, he's allowing this to happen to me so that I can see my full potential and I can, I guess, like live a life worthy of the kingdom of God, like live a life um, that isn't just about comfort and uh, obtaining things that you want, but like, I, I know sometimes in these podcasts, I'm so like scripted in my videos, <laughs> you know, podcasts, people are like, let me, sorry. No, I'm I'm, uh, oh, um, I love it. Just, I love it. We're just going to keep like, it conversational. And yeah, I don't want to, my greatest fear is that I die and I get to heaven and realize I could have done so much more, been so much more. And instead I was distracted by the comforts of the American life. So I guess what I'm saying is this time that we get to experience, although it's going to be horrible and hard in a lot of ways is also just a huge blessing um, it will deepen relationships and deepen your, our faith and, um, give us opportunities to do a lot of good in the world. So I look forward to that, you know, not with excitement, but just with like, you know, like I said, just like, thank you, God, it's an honor. Like, thank you for not letting me go through the American life without testing. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Well, to me, it makes sense. You know, some of the most, fulfilled people that I know, all of the most fulfilled people I know really are the ones who just continue pushing themselves and never let themselves stay in an area of comfort, you know, and mm -hmm. that can, that doesn't mean they don't, you know, we don't take, there's no vacations involved or no moments of just comfort and spoiled yeah. and indulgence, but those are moments like the most fulfilled people that I know we surround ourselves with are people who don't want to live in those moments, who want to push and challenge and client, whether that's, you know, athletically or professionally or personally or whatever mm -hmm. it is, they're always mm -hmm. pushing themselves. And I love those people because it's easy to get complacent and lazy and down. I just went through like weeks of just fucking a garbage shit mood, like feeling mm -hmm. all honesty, like just 
giving in to all the crap mm-hmm. and woe is me stuff in my world because that, mm-hmm. that's every now and then I go through that cycle, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And if it wasn't for the people that we surround ourselves with, that we learn from and grow from, that just remind you, like, you know, put a time limit on that. Like, put the flip that timer over and then get your ass up and get back and push yourself harder. I don't know. Yeah. I think we're all better when we get when we're not comfortable to some yeah. some degree. Absolutely. And, you know, it's like going to a party. Sometimes I get annoyed meeting new people or going to somebody's birthday party and you're not going to know anyone really. And you have to make small talk because it's like the conversation is going to be surfacey. And I just hate that. You know, you want to talk to someone where you're like digging in deep about things that yeah. matter, not like, so what do you do? Oh, well, I educate people about prepping for the apocalypse. <laughs> oh, that's, that's sweet. Okay. Nice meeting you. You know, um, yes. I, I, I actually just cringe inside when you're describing those conversations. So yes, I just instantly, re- my body just rejected them. So yeah. yeah. Or How do you meet, deal with them? Well, I mean, it's just like, it's, you know, and I try, I don't want to look at teenagers because there's some teenagers that are awesome, but you know, we look as adults, we kind of look at teens like they think they know everything, but we know they actually don't know anything. Like they may have gone through a couple seasons of hard times, but they really haven't experienced life and or long-term loss or like what it's like to work 65 hours a week or, you know, so I guess I don't, I don't know how I deal with it other than just you know, I want to be nice and, um, I don't know. (laughs) I can say this and a lot of people I've always gravitated more towards hanging out with guys than women. And that doesn't mean that I don't have some amazing women in my life that I have really great conversations and deep conversations with, but as a whole, men talk about more interesting things that I like because women are you know, they're talking about um, something regarding cooking or I don't like this teacher in this school teaching my children and they're gossiping or doing this and that and talking about just really frivolous things. Not that, you know, a bad teacher is a frivolous, frivolous thing, but, you know, just very surfacey things. Women towards tend to be like that at like group events where if you go to the guys, they're talking about like survival and like, shooting like guns and I don't know I just the conversation's different and I think sometimes you know women misunderstand that I gravitate towards hanging out with men more but it's just because I want the deeper conversation like I don't want to sit there and talk about like paint colors and blah 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 not that there's not a time and place because I love home decor but um it just is what it is, you know, but you get to choose who you spend your time with. And, and, you know, just like you had that kind of dark season where you were just in a really foul mood and everything. It's like, I do that too. But again, it's just like about, okay, why am I thinking these thoughts? What's bothering to bothering me? And, you know, in those times I, I basically go into a room and I shut the door and I just like unload yes. to God. I'm just, I tell him everything I'm pissed about. I tell him everything I'm concerned about that I'm frustrated about, you know, angry and this and that. And I just like have a good cry and let it all out. And it's like, okay, all right. 
<laughs> pick yourself up, get back on it, you know, do it again. And I think people have to allow those themselves to have those moments and it's very real. And that's what I want people in my life to be. I want them to cry. Like, I don't want them to, everything's always so great. Oh, right. she's always so nice, but it's like, I don't even know her, you know, like, because she doesn't share the real, the meat, right. you know? And I think yeah. life in relationship is about meat, not fluff. So, yes. you totally know, when you, ha- when no, you have I- friends like that, they're a blessing. Yes, I do. And there's a core group and my sons, I have four boys that I raised and um, they used to say to me, mom, they're like, you know, your friends are more like dudes than chicks or like, or if they would see me get dressed up to go somewhere, they'd be like, why are you trying to look like a girl today, mom? You know, they would know I was leaving. I had to go do something professional. Mm -hmm. So like they get it and it's the same thing. And I don't know what it is either, but the, I do have some good female friends as well who I adore, but they've been like hardcore either I call myself an acquired taste you know you either learn mm-hmm. to love me or you just never ever ever do and the ones that yeah. do they're my ride or die so I hear you yeah yeah um all right there are some things that I'd like to get into as well um what is the transition integrity project what was that for people who may not have heard of that uh yeah a couple of years ago before the election um Basically, a group of people got together, all like Democrat, pro-Hillary people, and uh, got together and did this symposium, fake scenario to see what would happen if uh, if the election was fraudulent or if the election, you know, what would happen if um, if Trump won, what would his following do if trump didn't win what would they do in the by you know and with biden the same thing if biden went uh won what would happen like they basically went through the best case and worst case scenarios pro biden and um basically kind of laid out like how they were going to steal the election i mean like in what they were going to do but they they were basically saying everything that they were going to do that the Trump people were going to do, you know, because everything they do is like, think mirror, you know, it's like, you're racist. No, you're actually racist. You know, (laughs) you're this, no, you're actually. Um, So yeah, that video was, I mean, that was a long time ago, but if I remember correctly, basically, you know, just like they're doing with uh, cyber attacks, they had the cyber Mm -hmm. attack symposium, just like they did with the pandemic. That's exactly where I was going with this. Yeah. So they they do the same thing with the election. So like a dry run, like a practice. Yes. It's a dry run basically is what it is. And fortunately, because they keep doing these things, (laughs) it kind of gives us a heads up. So I did a video you know, a couple months ago about the cyber attack symposium. I'm like, okay, guys, we know they did it with the transition integrity report for the election. They did the pandemic. Now they're talking about cyber attacks. So we need to be prepared for that scenario. What was the time? Do you remember this? And I don't mean to put you on the spot for this, uh, but do you remember the approximate timeline between their dry runs, you know, these symposiums and and the actual event occurring? I think the pandemic was only like four months. I thought it was pretty soon too. And then the transition integrity report, I think was about the same. This, the cyber symposium, I forgot what it was called, but it was world economic forum, Klaus Schwab guys. Um, 
that was a little longer. I think that was at least six months ago. Right. But I expect there to be a lot of real and fake cyber attacks going forward. I don't think it's just going to be one big one. I think there's going to be a lot of, especially now that we have Russia being blamed for everything and they're known for their cyber attacks. Or, mm-hmm. um, I think that they're going to use that. I would be shocked if we don't have something happen in the, by the end of the year. Um, but, you know, people have to think about, okay, well, what does that mean for my daily life? Well, okay, cyber attack, I don't know if the whole internet would go down because we have no idea what it's going to look like. But if the internet was down, well, personally, like I can't conduct business, meaning I can't make money. Um, I can't uh, communicate with my followers. If that's the case, I can't, um, you know, a lot of people can't make money. You can't order things from Amazon. You can't order things online. You have to have a local supplier. You can't do baking online. I mean, you have to kind of like, you know, if this happens, then this, you got to go take 10 minutes out of your day and think about what that means. And then you can prepare. You can't prepare for everything, but all right, well, if I can't make money for a couple of weeks, then do I have enough money here at my house to pay my bills and and buy local food and, and so on? So, yeah. Yeah. Or are you going to wait for your stimmy to come in the mail, your free money? Yeah. yeah um, I took my stimmy they gave me and I bought a gun and gave it away. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Like, I right. love it. What do you think? Did you hear um, Newsom's latest since you're a California girl, his plan to send out $400 debit cards to car owners? Oh, no, no, yeah. I haven't heard. That's his latest. He's going to send out $400 debit cards to every vehicle owner and he'll do it for up to two vehicles for you. Mm-hmm. And this is to offset the price of gas to kind yeah, of. Yeah, that's nothing. I mean, like, what? I, I just think if some family members, they have a truck and I'm like, yeah, that's like, that's one week. I mean, that yeah. doesn't make up for months and months. Right. I, I mean, it's just, it's stupid. Just like the STEMI for the pandemic. Not that I'm for STEMI, but um, it's yeah. like you know, everyone said, you've probably seen memes. It's like, we just gave 14 billion to Ukraine, but we gave 1200 bucks to Americans and shut right. down like, you know, half of all businesses that closed during the pandemic are not going to reopen or did not reopen. You think that's a consolation? Screw you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like one, I don't want to rely on any of your stimmy. I don't want it. But um, it's like, it's just, it's like, crumbs to the peasants yeah. and that's what they think of us yes so it is and it's hard so what are what are some of the most common themed anti-good patriot comments you get from people who who think that we're crazy you know or who are all all in on biden and the democrat regime um i think i get the most pushback if like probably for my stance about LGBTQ. Um, that's a sensitive one because people, again, like you've said, they assume you're judging. And it's like, no, I, I don't. If you as an adult want to be gay, that's your business. That's between you and God. Um, but you stay away from children. And that's just not a line I will ever allow to be crossed in my personal life. Like I'll never be for that. And um it's not loving to make children think that they're gay when they're five year old, five years old and 
and tell them they're born that way and that it's okay. Um, and I've heard a lot of testimonies from people that thought they were gay and they say, I wish somebody said, no, you're not born this way. Cause they just thought it was like, Oh, well, I have no choice. Then I was, you know, I had to be this way cause this is the way I was born. And they're like, had I known that that's not the case, <laughs> then that would have been very healing for me. And I would have known like there was another option. Um, but that that is coming on so strong you know i think everybody has a heart for protecting children um but i do get a lot of like very young people teens and people in their 20s that react pretty harshly if i bring that up no matter how loving i bring it up or how logical i bring it up you know it's it's just never enough they're never going to understand because they've been indoctrinated to think that anybody that doesn't accept everybody is a bigot so, yeah, um, and there's a difference again. I feel like needing to point this out because there is a difference between saying I don't agree with this, I don't wrap my mind and my heart around this, but you can still wrap your mind and your heart around a human being mm-hmm. who is doing, you know, who isn't inflicting harm on others, right? Um, right? But you can still wrap your mind and heart around a human being, even though you disagree with a lifestyle or a choice or whatever. Yes, you wanna, I'm have, probably going to get slammed for saying this. it's not a lifestyle. It's not like, there's so many words that you're not, not supposed know, to use. Right. I know, um, but, I know, um, but I have, you know, but that's the point. My, oh, I have two neighbors, two lesbian neighbor couples, you know, one isn't that super nice. And the one I just, I just love them. Like I love them. We're friends <laughs> No, but I don't have to like, that's so you know, what the LGBTQ agenda has done is they've made being gay somebody's whole identity. Right. It's just a little tiny slice of the pie. I can love everything about these women, you know, and still not agree with this one little slice. And just like they can love me and not agree with my stance on guns if they Mm -hmm. felt that way or or whatnot. It's like, so again, that just goes into having relationships with people that can go a little deeper and are a little more emotionally mature to filter out, you know, we don't have to agree with everything about each other to still love each other, you know, and that's, that's what people push on you is you say one thing and they're like, Oh, you hate gay people and you want them right. to burn in hell. Uh, no, yeah. I actually don't want them to burn in hell. And that's why right. I went to the gay parade. You think I wanted to go to the gay pride parade? Right. <laughs> like, no, right. I didn't, but I care for those people enough to show up, you know, and tell them about God. Um, and then I guess before, uh, that I'd say the biggest thing people uh, kicked back on was anytime I criticized Trump at all when he was president and afterwards, like people just would lose their minds. Every time I questioned yeah. him in any way, people were just obsessed with him and would just freak out. So um, I'm that- glad that you pointed that out because we make a point as well to try to notice or acknowledge that this pendulum swings both ways, right? There's yeah, people who are just as intolerant or just as extreme mm-hmm. on yes. one side as the other. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. There's been indoctrination on both sides. So yes, but it was like, I'd tell my husband, you know, before the election, I'd just be like, geez, babe, like it posted something about Trump. Like, 
just questioning or like, you know, that one first debate with Biden and Trump was like so horrible. I was like, stop talking, please. Both of them were just so horrible. It was so gross. It was so immature. Uh-huh. And I wrote a post about it and oh my goodness, man, they did. They lost their minds. They were just like, they couldn't believe that I would ever, you know, he has to be that way because of this. I'm like, no, he doesn't. He's yeah. an mature little baby. And that's what he acted like that, that night. And I'm sorry. Like I, like I said, in the beginning, I have very high expectations of myself and I do have high expectations of others, especially the president of the United States to be yeah. a big enough man to not act like a child. So yeah, that, that was, that was a horrific, horrific <laughs> debate. Mm-hmm. Then we literally sat there like just, just cringing and just begging somebody to turn the mics off and just, just end this because we, it was a bloodbath. I, I think yeah. that's where a lot of the support left personally that, that night. I think there were some people who were like, oh, maybe I'll give them a chance maybe. And then oh, they yeah, were like, it was, it was no. horrible. Um, but yes. And then in terms of how it all went afterwards, that is a whole other mm-hmm. can of worms. But yeah, I yeah. question yeah. all of that. I question all that. I went there January 6th. Like I was in DC because I wanted to see it for myself because I, mm-hmm. I knew that something was going to happen and that it would be grossly misinterpreted um, mm-hmm. or misrepresented. So I mm-hmm. could not have guessed what that something was going to turn out to be, but um, yeah. it was yeah. in fact grossly misrepresented. And I think we all need to do that. We all need to kind of experience things or dig a little deeper or get firsthand knowledge instead of mm-hmm. yes. just swallowing what we're fed, right? For sure. Um, all right. So one of the reasons we started this platform years ago, and we started it as American Snippets, we evolved into a great American syndicate and flex your freedom. Uh, but um, a core a core focus and foundation of this is the American dream because even now, and maybe even especially now, we think it's important for people to acknowledge that this American dream can and still will thrive if we allow it to. But we know that it looks different for everybody. We all have our own version of it. And a lot of the pushback that we would get is because people assumed we were saying that your dream has to be my dream. My, you know, we all have to have mm-hmm. the same American dream, right? That picket fence, the two kids, the minivan, mm-hmm. all that crap. But uh, mm-hmm. we know it looks different for everyone. So that leads me to ask you, Katie, what is your version of the American dream? Mm, um, I guess if I thought it were possible to go back and live in the world that I grew up in, you know, where kids could just leave their house for hours and go play in a, in a field or in my case, an orange, orange grove and, and come home at night with two parents at the table, eat dinner together. I'm very traditional. You know, I was very blessed. I didn't have a perfect childhood, but I had two parents that loved me and, uh, great siblings and are just a very well-rounded life. Um, I mean, honestly, my dreams change yearly, but yeah, I mean, I guess if we're going to say specifically what I like a ranch, you know, with animals and chickens and adopt a bunch of kids and, and live that life. Absolutely. You know, but I guess what I'm fighting for is just one for the kingdom of God, whatever that looks like, but two, 
you know, if we were to go back to that America, like I just want kids to experience the America that I grew up in because it's, it's not fair to them that they have to, to deal and navigate all these, these things as children, you know, as adults, that's, you know, that's life, but kids shouldn't have to make these decisions and go to school fighting daily and, and, uh, you know, being sent to the library for not wearing a mask and, and reporting to their parents if their teacher says anything about LGBTQ and this and just a constant struggle, they should just be able to be kids. So I think that's really sad, but we also have it very blessed in America, as I pointed out earlier, that, you know, there are a lot of kids in the world that are just, <laughs> you know, they're like working in a factory at eight years old trying to help their family eat. So um, I don't know. I don't know. I've, I think it's fun to have worldly dreams, but I guess my focus is on like the eternal life after that at this point, because so much is up in the air. And I just biblically speaking, I think that we're entering into a very interesting time, you know, maybe the end times that the Bible speaks about. So that's kind of my focus is just to get people to know God and how good he is and um, what a difference he can make in a life, especially bringing peace and joy through chaos. That's, I don't know what I would do if I didn't have them in my life. I'd probably go mad. So. Well, interesting is one word to describe what's what, what we're in and what is undoubtedly coming down the pike, right? Mm-hmm. At us. Cause who really, who knows where we're going to go from there. I'm not sure that any election is going to quote fix this. Right. No. But, um, mm-hmm. but I do think it can make it worse, mm-hmm. you know, so we'll see, we'll see. But until then, where can people go to learn your content, to get the content? And I'm telling you guys, uh, if you have not already connected with her online and followed her content and learn, and you want to kind of alleviate just a little bit of the anxiety that goes with just feeling unprepared for everything that's coming and constantly in reaction mode instead of just offensive mode, um, then you definitely want to check her out. Katie, where can they go to find you? Uh, my website, primarily goodpatriot.com. And there's a little box. If it's you're on a laptop, it's upper right corner. If you're on your phone, it's at the bottom of every page that you can sign up for my email list. So I just, I always like to point that out first, just so if I get shut down on social media that I have a way to contact you. And then, uh, I'm super active on Instagram, then Telegram and Facebook and post videos to rumble and bit shoot and all that. But, um, yeah, I'm bases. out there. Yeah. yeah. At the bottom of every page of my website, there's all my links that go to all my pages. Yeah. So I've, I've tried to diversify and so. Awesome. Katie, thank you. Thank you so much for being a part of this and for doing what you do. We really appreciate you. Thank you, Barb. I appreciate you having me on. And thank you for doing what you're doing as well. Yes, it's uh, (laughs) quite the task. Yeah, I know. It's a blessing and a curse. But I'm glad there's (laughs) people like you out there doing it. It is. I'm right back at you. All right, everyone, there you have it. That wraps up another episode of the Flex Your Freedom podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today and joining us and listening in. I'd like to personally thank Katie Bertino, the good patriot, for being here as well. 
If you want to learn more about Katie and everything that she's doing over at The Good Patriot, make sure you head on over to greatamericansyndicate.com forward slash newsletter. It's the featured episode of the week. You can check out the show notes and watch the video interview. And of course, we'll include some links there so you can follow Katie and The Good Patriot on social media. Don't forget, we have our Great American Syndicate, our association of freedom-loving patriotic Americans who believe in personal freedom and the American dream. We'd love to see it inside of our community. Head on over to greatamericansyndicate.com to learn more. And of course, if you got any value, if you enjoyed this episode with Katie and the Good Patriot, please do us a solid and leave us a five-star review on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for joining us today. We'll see you next time. Now go out there and show the world how exceptional you really are. Mm-hmm.